Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Good afternoon, and thank you so much for joining me. And we are really doing a week on value systems and how we identify and create a personal value system. And we talked about the importance of our value system being attached to our conscience. Because many people establish or say they have a value of honesty or justice. They, they value um, being fair. They value kindness. But you don't see them walk it out. And that usually means that they like the idea of it, but it's not attached to their conscience. See, if, if my value system is attached to my conscience, then every time I don't live within my own value system, I feel bad. That's a good feeling. We want to feel bad when we go against our value system. And so we talked at length about the fact that values define your character. They show the world who you are. And, and we talk a lot on this show about the fact that we want to look different than the world. And one of the best ways to be known, that Christians should be known by their love. When I'm living within my own value system, I am better able to be loving and to offer the fruits of the Spirit to the world. Kindness, patience, peace, forbearance, long-suffering. And so my personal value system helps me express who I am. It helps the world to know me, to trust me, to depend on me to be someone they want to aspire to be. So when we're looking at this, we understand that it should show up and will show up in our personal life, in our work life, shows up with our families, it shows up with our friends, our coworkers, and our neighbors. It, it really affects the decision-making process. It's like a plumb line. It's like we talked about, it's a compass. My value system is always you know, showing me true north. Even though I have a lot of roads that I could choose as to get north, it's still guiding me toward true north. That's why it's so important to know what you value, why you value it, and what those esoteric values are. Because the esoteric value, even if we looked at just the fruits of the Spirit, those values are very esoteric and how they are walked out, right, look very different with different people because it's the uniqueness of how they do it. So if you don't have a personal value system, I really recommend that you just start with Galatians chapter 5, 22 through 23, and it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Always comes down to love. And we talked about that, that verse that, that we, are, we are to truly love, earnestly love, because love covers a multitude of sin. And so this, the, 
the fruits of the Spirit, and this is the Spirit of God, which we want our conscience to be attached to His conscience. And so His Spirit is love, it's joy, it's peace, forbearance. That's a tough one. Kindness, sometimes that's a tough one too. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law which means condition, which means I don't withhold kindness from someone because they got themselves in a really bad situation because they made a really bad choice. I'm kind to them anyways because I'm hoping that they feel worse about it than I could. And if they don't, I'm still going to be kind because that's a part of my personal value system. So it has nothing to do with whether or not someone deserves kindness or gentleness and the issue of self-control that's a part of my personal value system and I really work hard on that one it's really tough to control yourself people are struggling with that until the day they die getting control of themselves but it is a worthy endeavor so I want you to think about when we look at personal value systems one of the best places to start is with these esoteric values that are in Galatians. And it's, again, chapter 5, verses 22 through 23. And I really want you to think about putting that into your personal value system. Now, you can, you can define it more deeply that makes it more unique to you. But you also want to think about these spiritual values. And that is what connects us to our higher power. This gives us a sense of purpose that is beyond materialism and our own material just human experience because we know that this experience is fleeting and so we are building up treasures in heaven right and the more we know God down here on earth the more we exude his spirit the more people experience our God that's how we change the world one person at a time so spiritual values are not about religion spiritual values are much more esoteric And it can be just as simple as loving the Lord God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all that is within you. And then you love your neighbor as yourself because that's who God loves. That's who God loves, you and your neighbor. And so if that that one verse embodies and encompasses spiritual values right there, because it can, be, it can be dialed down in so many different ways. And then we also have the family values. And this is really to love and care for those we're close to. It could be our children, our parents, family members, our friends, pets, whatever, whatever that is. Whatever the, the clan, the group that you belong to. And I'm telling you what, God spreads people around to everybody. Everybody has difficult people. And none of us want to think that we're the difficult person that everybody in the family is trying to love, right? But this causes us, when we are willing to be in a family system, this is what causes us to have to deal more with that Galatians verse. In my family, Do I love? Do I express joy? Am I peaceful? Even in spite of chaos or people being offensive. Do I practice forbearance with my family? 
Am I kind? Do I try to bring goodness to a family event? Am I faithful? And understand me when I tell you that faithfulness to family members doesn't always mean proximity. It doesn't always mean agreeing. And it doesn't always mean that you have to act out in a behavior. Faithfulness to a family many times means you just don't speak against them. You don't speak poorly about them. You may speak truthfully, right? Yeah, my family struggles. Yeah, my family's difficult sometimes. But we don't gossip about our families because it tears down family systems. So with my family, am I gentle? And do I practice self-control when I go to family events? And so many times family values are the inverse. It's what I'm not going to do versus what I am going to do. And then we have obviously our career values. So, so where, where are you supposed to be in this world? What are you supposed to be doing? And that goes back to saying to God, what is my calling? What's the point of me being here? And sometimes it's not that complicated. It might just be that God is calling you to be the light in a dark place. It may not be something specific, but it is still very important because you're the only one that can do it. So I, I like this idea. I like this idea that we have here about 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly because love covers a multitude of sin. So I, I, I found this um, small interview that they have done with Hugh Hewitt, and I, I kind of like Hugh Hewitt, and they asked him, how can believers be in the world but not of the world? Because that should be a part of our value system. That should be a part of our spiritual value system, our personals, our career, and it fits into family. So he says, well, when we read of the quote-unquote world in the New Testament— he says that we're reading the word cosmos, and that often refers to the inhabited earth and the people who live on it, and that, that this earth functions apart from Satan. So Satan is the ruler of this cosmos, and I can't tell you how many times a day I say to people, you've got it upside down. We want to get it right side up. And right side up means understanding that Satan rules this world. He is the king of this world. So anything good that happens down here, is because of people that have a God conscience and a value system attached to God. And we bring goodness to moments in people's lives. And maybe, hopefully, longer than just a moment. But understanding that our value system, when it is walked out, is absolutely against the king of this world. And so, John twelve thirty one. 1611 and 1 John 5.19 really talk about this idea of cosmos. And that simple definition of the word world refers to a world system. And what we understand is it is ruled by Satan. So we can be more readily appreciative of Christ's claims that believers are no longer of the world. We are not ruled by sin, nor are we bound by the principles of the world. Now that does not mean that we step outside a value system of being a good citizen. It means that if 
in being a good citizen, we are asked to go against God's rules. We refuse. So it doesn't mean that we are no longer ruled by the principles of this world in terms of how we live all the time. It means that we belong to God and this world is not our home. And we want to encourage the people around us to want to go home with us. And so this idea of becoming, the, the idea of being a believer in Christ, in our world physically present, means that we are not a part of the world's values. And that's John 17, 14, and 15. And as believers, we should be set apart from the world. This is the meaning of being holy and living a holy, righteous life, to be set apart. Now, I, now I don't know how you feel when you read that verse, but I get very convicted. I don't always know if I truly seem set apart from the world. But my goal is that every time someone interacts with me, they get a piece of heaven. That's my goal. So I strive to live a holy life, living a holy and righteous life, and that my holy, righteous life sets me apart from other people. And what I've come to find is that living a holy, righteous life is not about legalism. Legalism is not and should never be a part of our value system because that makes it a vertical world. That means that some people are better than others. So I want th this idea that a holy life, a righteous life that sets me apart has everything to do with how someone experiences me. And that I'm a different experience and that I leave them refreshed, repaired, restored. And that they want to find out why they felt so good. What does she have that I want that she carries with her everywhere she goes? So we don't conform to the world in terms of the world's competitiveness. And I'm not saying that we're not to be competitive. I mean competitive in a negative manner. That we would do anything to win. So when we are not like the world, we don't conform to the world, it means that we don't lie, we don't steal, we don't murder, we don't abandon the lesser, the more fragile, the weaker, we don't judge. That's the conformity piece. It doesn't mean that we're not, that we're not allowed to dress in current fashions or aspire to have a certain lifestyle. It means that are we willing to walk away from those if God has asked us, asked us to do that? So I think we should look somewhat like the world so we don't look like a bunch of weirdos, right? But the, the not conforming to the world is not being hateful, not being discriminatory, not being judgmental, not segregating, not dividing. That's the stuff that we don't conform to. That's the heart of Satan. So this is very important when you think about Christians who make every effort to live, think, and act like those who do not know Christ. See, this is what we want to make sure that we're doing. That we want to act like and look like and think like Christ. We want to be different in this way. If we are conforming to the world in the way they think, the way they act, the way they feel about all kinds of things, 
then we do Jesus a great disservice. And I recommend people, I say, you know, maybe you shouldn't tell people you're a Christian. You're making us look bad. And I know that sounds harsh, but that's how powerful, that's how important Jesus living in you is. And we are to take that very seriously, that he was willing to inhabit our bodies to affect change in his world. And we're the only way he can do it. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was God, I don't know how much I would want to depend on Cynthia. But it's an honor that he, that he does. And so even the world understands the idea that by their fruits you shall be known. So as Christians, this should be part of our value system, that we exhibit the fruit of the Spirit within us, that we are in the world so we can enjoy the things of the world. But we are not to immerse ourselves in the world's value system. That's the most important piece, that our value system... I mean, think of how people feel about the Quakers. They may not want to go to live that way, but they admire them. They look different. Now, that's what they're called to do. I think that we should be present-day current missionaries. I think we can, quote-unquote, look outside of our... Like, the outside of ourselves can look like the world. I think that's part of being in it in that way that is healthy, but we should never look like the world when it comes to having a value system as the world does. So what, what does God value most? You know, he, he really values good behavior. He does, because it doesn't complicate things. He really values loving God. He really values a sin-free life. But more than anything... He values you. And that feeling, that your willingness to trust that, to trust how much he values you, is what helps you and gives you the strength and the conviction and the discipline to be different than the world in the way you live your life. It gives you the ability to have a heart that continues to love even when you don't think you can love again. See, those things, when we adhere to our value systems, we become safe people. And the world needs safe people. So it's imperative that you identify what is my personal value system. So think about it. When you are looking at your own personal value system, what does God value most? And what is the best way to determine the value of something? So I'm going to give you this exercise that the first time I ever did this exercise, I was working at a drug and alcohol treatment center for uh, the Bureau of Indian Affairs would send young, young Indians, young um, Native Americans to this this treatment center it also served the Hispanic community here in Phoenix. And it was all about drug and alcohol abuse. And, and these were very troubled kids, very angry, angry, depressed kids. And when we would do this values clarification exercise, we would write on the board, on this big, huge whiteboard, I'd ask the kids, tell me something that's important to you. And they would say, um, my bandana, my uh, backpack, my my girlfriend, my, um, my dog, 
All right. They, my, one girl, she said, um, my lipstick. Okay. And so we went down this whole entire list. What's, what do you value? What would you be upset with if you lost? You know, and, and one kid said, you know, my honor or uh, power. And, and many, many of them were about more, um, what we would say, just more literal things. You know, what they owned or what they wanted to own. You know, what they were hoping to have one day. And so some said family. A lot of them said their friends, their girlfriends, you know, the chain around their neck. These, you know, these types of things. And so we listed all these things. And then we went through systematically. I said, okay, what would you argue for? Would you argue over the bandana? Would you argue over the lipstick? Would you argue over the dog? Would you argue about your grandmother? And so we would, every single time they would say they would argue for something, we would go to the next whole entire category. And I said, okay, would you fight for it? Would you fight over the lipstick? Would you fight over the bandana? Would you fight for your dog? Would you fight for your grandmother? And it started to kind of wheedle down the list a little bit. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, fight, for, I wouldn't fight for my lipstick. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fight for my bandana. Well, one kid said, yes, he would fight for his bandana, and we know why that would be. And so as the list got smaller, we came to the last one, and we said, what would you die over? What would you die for? So it's a really helpful exercise to do in your own life, to say, I'm going to list all the things that I value. And it can be people, places, things. It can be dreams hopes, aspirations, it could be a station in life, whatever it may be. But list all the things that are of value to you. It could be a pair of earrings, it could be your car, it could be your television set, it could be your computer, it could be your house, it could be your children, your spouse, your business, whatever it is that is of value to you. And don't judge it. Just make this entire list of what you value. And then I want you to go through it, and I want you to say, would I argue for that? And you want to think about where is your faith on this? Where does Jesus sit in that list? Would you die for him? Many people argue over him all the time. Countries have fought about religion and fought about Christ. We have the Crusades that were very well-intentioned, very well-intentioned by Pope Urban III, but were a brutal, ugly blight on Christianity. So they thought they were fighting for Christ. So would you fight for Jesus? And maybe fighting for Jesus means fighting your own soul, fighting your own fallenness. Would you die for Christ? And what does that look like? It doesn't always mean physical death. What would you die over? See, what God values most is humans, and that means you. We see this because his behavior matches what he values. His commitment, his sacrifice, his words match his actions. This is how we believe that he's ethical. He, he reflects ethics, and he confirms what he values. His words match his actions. This is Cynthia High with Conversations with Cynthia. 
I'm so glad you joined me today. Make sure that you put some time into this. It's very, very helpful, very grounding, and really helps us have a very true compass. Join me tomorrow as we talk more about value and how very valued you are. God bless you. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.